Okay, so Jesus. Okay, so I thought that it was. I thought that it was red on black. You're dead, Jack. <laughs> but it was actually black on red. You're good, Fred. <laughs> Hello, internets, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Great Untitled Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. I could, like, you know, be your deputy so-and-so, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who will be made famous again. It's Mark. What's up, guys? For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, boys, we're back on track. We watched an actual horror movie. We watched <laughs> uh, 2012 Sinister, uh, <laughs> which the was Blum a Jack fastball. Pick. Yeah, and we will dive all the way into that real soon, and fair warning, when we do, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it, and it kind of matters on Sinister if you haven't seen it yet, so pay attention to that spoiler warning. Matters immensely Uh, on Sinister. Yeah. (laughs) And if you like what we do and you're interested in supporting the cast, head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, that's A-T-O-Z horror, and check out some of the cool benefits you can get uh, for being a patron, like voting on who wins beers for fears, a fortnightly bonus show, and more. Uh, If you can't swing the cash right now, that's fine. Uh, Just go ahead and give us a review on whatever podcasting app you choose to listen to us on but for now we'd better do the getting drunk part so on that score let's do beers for fears say jake hi jack you're just hi. sitting over there without a beer a minute ago beer. like a real asshole yeah i didn't want to get it out <clears throat> well now it's out i'm very lazy you've hidden it from me yeah well, you, what are you you're trying to twist me over here i'm not trying to twist you at all i just don't i didn't want it i don't know okay i didn't want you to see because you made it a thing what are your podcast. beers for these fears i have two okay. uh one of them is Kids These Haze. It's a hazy IPA by Breakside Brewing. Uh, There are a lot of kids in this movie that just kind of exist in this haze sort of situation. That's one. And then my more favorite of the two is I just pulled the uh, the the beer that uh, the primary character of the movie drinks when he drinks beer. <laughs> He's he doesn't always whiskey. drink beer, but when he yeah. does, he drinks Heineken. He drinks Heineken's. So those are my two beers for these fears. Okay. You know, not terrible. <laughs> y- you got the one from the movie, so that's kind of a gimme. That's not a gimme. I mean, sometimes those are hard. I know they are. But that okay. one, that one wasn't. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Yeah, I'm gonna need you to read what my uh, what my cozy says right there. Uh, it says it's a hard movie to beer, and then it's got a handsome A to Z horror cast logo on it. Yes, yes, it uh, does. Join the Patreon if you're interested in maybe getting access to shit like that. There you go. Um, so I have three for you. Jake did two. I'm going the extra mile. I just want Dick. that clear. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> so the first one I'm drinking is an FMU double IPA. That stands for Fuck Me Up. Uh, that's out of Moab Brewery down in Southern Utah. Um, I'm picking this one primarily because this is kind of a fucked up, like this is, that is an appropriate thing for what this movie does, especially the first time you see it. There's a lot of sinister things that happen in this. It's an aptly named movie. Hey, that's, yeah, you got it. Uh, the other two are a little bit more on topic. Um, first off, I got Mama's Little Yella, which obviously kind of the same vein as, uh, Jake's there with the Mama's Little, you know, the, the child. And, uh, that's paired with an out of line because... Frankly, what these kids are doing, it's out of line. It's unacceptable. They'd be grounded in my book. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. You know, well, the brewery on the second one is what? Uh, that is an Oscar Blues. Mama's Little Yellow Pills. Okay. You're missing the pills part. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And it, to be clear, it's not Mama's Little Yellow Pills, like a series of pills you might take to get fucked up. This is a Pilsner, as I understand it. That is correct, yes. And how many pills did you crush up and put inside your Pilsner? Uh, the usual amount, four or five okay. or seven. I lose track. It's all it, once you crush them up, they all just kind of mingle together. 
You know, I don't have like a, I'm not like weighing out micrograms or anything. Fair enough. That was stupid. <laughs> Jack, help. So I am drinking a beer by the Ninkasi Brewing Company. God the damn it. Beer is less important than the, the brewery here. Uh, the the Albertsons by my house only had two different Ninkasis, had total domination, and had this one I've never had before, Heart and Science IPA seasonal release. Yep. Uh, that I chose was a fucking Valentine seasonal release, so very seasonal. Well, I chose this one because I'd it's never had it before. The important part is the Ninkasi part of this, because the uh, villain in this movie is Bugul, what they claim to be a Babylonian god. Uh-huh. Ninkasi is the Sumerian-slash-Babylonian uh-huh. god of hops and fermentation uh-huh. and beers, and is canonically the mother of Bugul. I, I'm going to need to fact-check that last I part. Don't oh, yeah. believe- that second part is absolutely uh, yeah, false. They made Bugul up out of whole cloth for this movie. <laughs> okay. But it, if you guys had said yes, I would have definitely won. <laughs> um, yeah, well, now the listeners are going to think you're trying to pull the no, wool. For the record, my plan was always to call out the fact that they made him up immediately, just the fact that you might not know. Hmm. Either well, way, I got the uh, Babylonian god of beer you know what kind right of, over here. You know what kind of sucks? Uh, this is less of a thing that Mark could have helped his situation with, but both you and I live in Boise where... 10 Barrel Brewing exists. I'm having an increasingly hard time finding 10 Barrel in the store, and they make a beer called Sinister. Yes, I they went do. looking for it, couldn't find it. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, so attempted Sinister. We can add that to both of our lists. Sure. But, yep. uh, <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. And if you are a patron, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash A to see horror to vote on who wins this round of Beers for Fears. Loser will have to watch a movie of the patron's choice. Um, and we are still tallying votes from last week's. The way these are released and scheduled is a little wonky. Oh, you'll figure out the cadence. <laughs> or you won't, and it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be true to form. We'll let you know multiple weeks after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Exactly. But getting drunk isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world. So, Mark. Yes? What else has been rocking your horror world? I've got two for you this week. Ooh. They're both kind of interesting. The first one was I I was working my way through Mike Flanagan's IMDb page the other day. Just I was curious what he was coming out with next. Um, Captain Netflix these days, as I understand it. Yeah, I mean, basically. But uh, essentially, I was going back through his catalog, and I realized there was essentially only one movie of his that I hadn't seen. So I took a dive and watched Absentia from 2011, which is free on Amazon Prime if you want to see it. This is very much a first movie. Um, I mean, technically, I think he made the short movie Oculus before this, the one that was turned into the full-length feature. But this is his first like actual 90-minute long feature-length whole treatment thing. Okay. Um, Story of Two Sisters kind of coping with the loss of Sister A's husband. He's been gone for a while, and, like, the point of the movie's title is that they're declaring him dead in absentia, and, like, the last thing, she's, like, turning in the paperwork to finally declare that act completed. Um, And then crazy shit starts to happen. So this is an interesting one because if you're like me, you fucking love Mike Flanagan. He's a great director. He puts out good work. Yeah, I was going to say, for the listener who might not know Mike Flanagan, he's Oculus with Karen Gillan, and then Hush. Probably yes. is most famous for Hush. I don't know. Well, um, I mean, uh, Haunting of Hill House, he did all of that. I would, say that, oh, yeah. I would say that that is now Trump's yeah, that became anything big. else. Yeah. 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 Um, he did Before I Wake, that one that was kicked around for a long time that like, right. did not really come out to much ado and then just sort of landed silently on netflix um but better than you're thinking it's going to be like i actually kind of recommend you guys go watch that one it's grown well in my in my mind um did he do gerald's game i think he did he did 
Yeah, that's yeah. another so, stalwart effort. He's got he's got a lot of stuff under his belt, and they're all they're all really really good. Um, nice. So this is this is interesting because it is very raw. This is I mean it's it's ultra low budget. Interestingly, he does he has continued to use these uh, a few of these core actors throughout his career. Um, mainly the second sister the comp that comes in her he, she's played by uh, Catherine Parker, and she. I mean, none of them have had huge roles since being in Absentia, but this is probably the biggest one. She plays um, Poppy in The Haunting of Hill House, who's like the uh, the 1920s like flapper dance ghost. Yeah, who who does have lines and kind of shows up in like three or four episodes. So so she's in this um, a couple years ago. Anyways, what I keep getting at is this movie's incredibly raw, but it has the hallmarks of what makes Flanagan's movies really really good. The dude kind of knows how to do ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's cool. No, I mean that's become clear. It's yeah. kind of cool to see like him churning out these behemoths and then to go back and see the humble beginnings. Exactly. And it's it's interesting. I mean, it's worth it in that regard. Um yeah, that not makes the sense. not the best put together movie and there's I mean, probably it it drags a little bit narratively. It's not all that sound. Uh they do do something at the end that I'm a little unclear on, but if they are doing what I think they're doing, then damn, that's a shot to pull in your first fucking movie. Okay. Um wow. Yeah, I mean, whatever. The price of entry is pretty low. If you have Amazon Prime, it's free. It's like 90 minutes, slightly over 90 minutes, something like that. So uh, I would give this one a watch if you're a fan of his, just to, just cool. to see the humble beginnings. I like that. Uh, the other one I watched is Possum. So this was recommended oh, to I... us. Oh, Okay, that's a strange reaction. I was so close to watching this movie. We could have teamed up. <laughs> you made oh. a, a weird gesture with your hand I didn't fully understand. Oh, that's what it was. I okay. gave one of those, like, I was this close <laughs> sort of pinchy maneuvers. Yeah. Whatever, listener, it doesn't matter. Uh, this was recommended kind of tentatively to us by superfan Ty of the show. Um, so he basically, I think he brought this up in response to your take last week, Jake, on The Wind. Um, not really oh, sure yeah, how that's those right. two are related. But... This is, well, I felt watching, again, this is actually another one that's free on Amazon Prime. So if any of this sounds interesting, that's where you can find it. Um, yeah. I feel like this is the feature length color version of the movie from the ring with British dialogue. Okay. It, Oof. Yeah, there's, I mean, there is a story here, although I'm not really sure. It didn't really resonate too much with me. It's just kind of a vehicle for from getting from point A to point B. But uh, yeah, ultimately what this movie is, is just creepy imagery layered on top of creepy imagery layered on top of creepy imagery. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie, far and away, I, we don't need to get too far into it because um, you probably should just watch it from a visual perspective. It's, it's really good. Um, but it has easily the creepiest puppet I've ever seen and ever hoped to see in my life. If they can come up with a creepier puppet than this, then I'm out. I do not want that. Well, I like that. Do not, really. Yeah. Huh. I heard this might not be a great movie if you're arachnophobic, so to be totally honest, uh, that's why I didn't watch it. I was real <laughs> close to pulling the trigger this weekend. Um, Mark, did you... Accurate. Okay, wow. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Did you say how you watched this? Yes, I did. Amazon Prime. Both of these Thank are you. Amazon Prime. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> uh, I've only got one thing this last week. There is a new Netflix television series. It's called Black Summer. I think it dropped like very recently. It has some loose connection to the sci-fi show Z Nation. I believe it's called Black Mountainside, Jack. <laughs> nope. I did not watch Black Mountainside this last week, though I probably should have. White Summer. Uh, <laughs> it's called Black Summer. Okay. show is called Black Summer. White Summer, Black Mountainside. It's on Netflix streaming. It's a zombie show. 
Um, and it's uh, kind of the first stages of a zombie apocalypse, right? This is sure. the people still scrambling, military sequestering people in like school auditoriums and stuff. Kind of that kind of deal uh, is that is the like general gist of it. Mm-hmm. I think that the show Z Nation, which I never watched, mentioned was like post fully post apocalyptic, and they mentioned that all this started happening during uh, Black Summer. So I think it's like an allusion to that, but I think that show is kind of a comedy, and this show is not a comedy oh. at all. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's a. I mean, it's not doing too much more interesting than a zombie show, right? It's it's a zombie show. It's much more brutal, and I mean, you're the zombie I'm guy, out. Jake. You're not out. You're I'm gonna out. watch. I'm this. out. It's, I think I'm gonna uh, go find him out. It's much more brutal and severe than the zombie shows that typically appear on TV. Not just in terms of gore, which isn't that much worse, but in terms of like the way people interact with one another is much more just like, ugh, God. So they're um, really going that way hard with it. They that. are really going that way well, hard with it. Okay. I mean, um, yeah. People are shitheads. The way it's structured is it follows a few specific characters in like little vignettes, like here's Rose's section, you know, and I kind of like that that part. It's a, it's a good structure for From an for episodic it. standpoint? So, like, no, this is from her- a within an episode standpoint. Oh, okay. Like 45-minute episodes. Got it. I thought you were saying, it, like, how, I'm trying to think of an example, like Band of Brothers. Right. Kind of pseudo-focused an episode on, like, one of the characters. Right. Not like that. Not not like that. Cool. Nope, this good is talk. like, uh, yeah, this is like, here's going to be 10 minutes on Rose. Here's 20, 10 minutes on another character. Like that. Got it. Um, it's it's worth watching. It's well put together. There's some really cool shots in there. There's some really cool aerial shots. The effects are are okay to good so far. Um, I'm not all the way into it, but it's, uh, I mean, it's worth watching if you want to sit down and put on something that's not quite a movie. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's too bad it's hard to find. It's, yeah, super hard to find. Guaranteed to be on your, like, check this out if you turn on Netflix. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep going with it. Hasn't that's more of a yet. recommendation than I was expecting. Yeah. Okay. It's the only knock on it is it's not like it's very squarely a zombie show and not doing much else. Yeah. Okay. So what'd you say the runtime of the individual episodes were? Was this an hour long thing or is this shorter? They're, they're like 44 to an hour, I think. Okay. The, yeah, I've only watched a few, but, uh, I really they're in the wish, 44 especially minutes. given the, the format that you're describing of like these individual vignettes, like. I really wish they'd put something out that was like the 20 to 30 minute range. There's too damn many hour long shows that all combat each other. Yeah, that's for sure. This other Netflix show that has nothing to do with horror called Bonding or something like that. Whatever bondage show they have out. The episodes are like 15 to 19 minutes long. It's fantastic. Yeah. They have a show about bondage. Is that what you just said? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Mark's in. Yeah. <laughs> Ears perked guys. Mark Can we pause for like on know, two hours? <laughs> two hours. It's like 15 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to binge watch the whole thing. I, I don't want I want a short show that I can watch for multiple hours. I don't want an hour long show that I can watch for multiple hours. Totally different. Sure. Well, these episodes are like forty five minutes. Okay. And uh I mean if you're into the zombie thing, this is definitely a quality entry into that genre. Jake, what yeah. has been rocking your horror world? Uh something that was harder to find than I expected in that I had to pay for it. I was a little bummed I had to pay for it. It was the Lost Bet movie. I watched Cube. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, yeah, I was. I, I was. You're welcome, sure, by the way. Yeah, well, I was sure that I would be able to just go get it at one of the various places that we can watch free horror shit. But it, alas, no, not anymore. No such luck. No, it'll be back right on now. one of them in like a week. I can. I, that's it. the frustrating part is that I chose this week to pull the trigger and uh, didn't really work out for me. I, I mean, it's Cube. Everyone listening has seen Cube. Everyone talking here has seen Cube. It's a really fun movie to watch uh however it's a little bit more aggravating than i remember <laughs> um just the interpersonal dynamics 
Yeah, I mean, the acting is rough, let's be honest. And they're, as far as the characters are concerned, there's one in particular, and this is in the spoilery section in case you haven't seen Cube. I would recommend going and watching it. It's a pretty good flick. Interesting, that's for sure. Uh, but there's a character in this movie that is just a total sack of shit, and <laughs> it, it is irredeemable. And it's not irredeemable in like the, yeah, come up and love it, huge, great climax. It's just kind of bullshit the whole time. <laughs> And I never stopped thinking. And it just sort bullshit. of ends. And then, it's, and then it, uh, yes, accurate. And then <laughs> yeah, it just ends. That definitely applies to this one. Oh, my fuck. Um, look, yeah, people in a cube trying to get out. Everything's full of traps. Yeah. Numbers dwindle until it just sort of ends. This is almost I feel a like much you're watch. underselling the traps, though. This isn't just like a figure four trap where a rock falls on you. This no, is it's like, like rooms by rooms by rooms with all sorts of crazy shit that will kill you. Yeah, and it's it's so creative. It's a lot of fun. This it is. is. This is almost a must must watch if you haven't seen it. It is. I, and yeah, I mean, they set the stakes the right way. Like, one of the first deaths that you see is, like, the heralded, allowed, whatever, escape artist, and he just gets owned Immediately. in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, good movie. Everyone's seen it, so I don't need to belabor the point, but whatever. I watched it. Solid. Debt, debt paid. Bet paid. Okay. Debt, bet debt paid. Good work. You got anything else? No, that was it. Well, oh, yeah. It's got to be about time to go to the feature presentation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2012 Sinister, which was a jack pick. That brought us back squarely into the realm of mainstream horror, I think. We've been off that train for a couple of weeks, but here we Yikes. are. We're back. I blame Mark. And you. I mean, Dark Skies was good. What are you talking about? It was really Dark just the, there was a one-week excursion, and we've already talked about it. Oh, and yeah, we had Dark Skis in I between. I did forget Dark Skis Byzantium in between Byzantium and this. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. Dark Skis is mainstream. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, You're thank welcome, you, Jake. Everyone. And thank you, Jack, because I picked Sinister. Sure, you had some repayment after Byzantium. No, notably, <laughs> notably, when you picked it, uh, Jake and I both confessed that it was also on our list. So it we was. picked it soon anyway. It was on the short list, which means we all wanted to talk about certain things about this movie. Mm-hmm. And... Look, I don't think it's uh, it's it's not going out too far on a limb to say we've all seen this before, maybe several times. I've actually only seen it once prior to this. This Agreed. is my second complete view. Really? Wow, I'm shocked at that in particular from Mark. But okay. Um, I feel like it's once. This might be one of those ones that was like on in the background once or twice. But I'm gonna go with once that I was paying attention to. This is my second full watch. Got yeah, it. that's my which situation as well. Important for my later takes, which is why I'm clarifying. <laughs> okay. My interest is peaked. Did any of you guys see this in theaters? I did not. No. Heavens, no. Okay. I'd be curious about that particular experience, given how dark um, this fucking movie a is. A lot but. of people saw this in theaters. There's a lot of like theater reactions. That was one of these movies. Well, let's also just look at the look at the box office on this fucker. Uh, yeah, it cost like what nine million or something. Three. Made eighty-eight million. Three. Three million. Yeah, Three. made eighty-eight some odd million. So also interesting gimmick, not really gimmick. Interesting choice by um, Blumhouse to do this. But this movie came out one week before Paranormal Activity four. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally different kind of movie, right? I mean, is it though? No, it's, it's not. I don't it's find a, it is. it's a real, it's like a low budget <laughs> horror movie up against a low budget horror movie from an established franchise, both produced by the same group. For the record, both made about the same ratio of return on investment. They both made about thirty times their initial cost. So I guess it wow. worked out. But sure, still kind of interesting to just drop two like major blockbusters like right next to each other. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good with it. It was October, so it's like, whatever. Sure, I mean, it makes sense. The timing yeah. is right. It's just, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're, 
Mark, they call that money season, buddy, for okay, horror films. Fine. Make it when you can get it. Well, look, now's the part where I hope one of you two jabronis is prepared enough to have a stopwatch going. Yep, that is correct. Already. I I appreciate that you just jumped right in this time instead of trying to be a little dirtbag about it. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks where I haven't wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, that gimmick gets old. Yeah. Okay. Got to mix it up. Now, Jack, last week we had an absolutely stupendous rhyming recount of a two and a half hour long movie. Do you think you're going to be able to do anything special with this 30 seconds on a 90 minute movie? I might be able to do it in 30 seconds. Okay, cool. Also, this is not a 90-minute movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's an hour 50 or something like that. Yeah, this is almost two hours. This is okay, not a short so, movie. So there you go. You're, it's all forgiven. You'll Whatever. Clock starts <laughs> when you start. Ethan Hawke is a true crime writer. He moves his family into a murder house, doesn't tell him it's a murder house so he can write his next book. Uh, he starts finding weird things like tapes in the attic of other murders. Uh, he starts working with a deputy to figure out that all those murders are sort of connected. Weird stuff starts happening to him. His son is sleepwalking and having night terrors. As he goes about his business, stuff starts to escalate. Uh, things get worse and worse until a demon starts attacking him and his family, and then they have to move out. But it turns out that's when the demon kills him and then possesses his daughter who kills everybody in the whole family time okay yeah. you nailed it yeah yay i did one you got through all of it is That's... murder house an established like term i don't think so okay i mean what do you mean are you fishing for are you fishing for subgenres what are you doing uh i mean look i'll take any subgenres <laughs> you you can give me <laughs> sub sub genres well the list is like, only 62 genres long so it's not I mean, long it's, enough it's a common trope though even a trope in real life like when we were moving to boise there was a house up in the highlands we were looking at that somebody had been murdered in mm. and it's it's a common thing houses okay. where people have been killed yes yeah that happens in the world and like people not wanting to live there for one reason or another oh sure States like having... the old lore that you ride your bike by on the street and it's like no one goes in there blah blah blah, blah, blah <laughs> yeah, killed exactly there. yeah yeah and sure. like uh what some states have real estate disclosure laws relating to deaths that happen in the house very few at this point but some do yeah i don't care so <laughs> yeah no <laughs> okay. i'd absolutely buy a murder house to be clear I wouldn't have a massive problem with it. A few of these, I feel like there's probably like structural. I wouldn't want to buy the house where the the car went up in flames in the garage, because I feel right. like that's probably going to ruin the garage. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's probably the only one where there's a real reason to be hesitant. Uh, Especially in Sinister, this... in Sinister Two, there's another one that would that would have like significantly damaged the electrical system. Yeah. Well, we're not talking True. about Sinister Two now, are we, Mark? Okay. Have you guys seen Sinister Two? I have. Yep. Very drunk, though. And we're not talking about Sinister 2. <laughs> no, okay. we are not. Thank because God. Because that movie is a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Glad we're all on the same page. There's my take on that fucking movie. All right, Mark, bring us back to Sinister 1. What in the fuck subgenre of horror does this movie fit into? Uh, Supernatural slash demon. I don't think demon's on here, but I feel like it should have its own category. It, but yes, but it's, it's not a demon, right? It's a deity of some variety. Ow. It's uh, yeah, it's just supernatural. I don't yeah, know. He's not a demon. He's a. That's what they, they, they make a point of it in the damn thing. All yeah. right, you're breaking my balls, man. Oh, uh, this is gonna this is gonna come up later in nitpicks. They actually call it a pagan Babylonian god, which those two things those are two incongruous. Things are but um, does the professor say that? I really hope the professor says he that. He does. Yeah. He sure does. Yep. Uh, uh, are, Vincent okay, D'Onofrio. Do I don't work. want to talk about the professor right now. <laughs> perhaps <laughs> perhaps he means that it was a Babylonian god that was adopted by the pagans. But the, uh, Jesus Christ. Christ. This movie's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> You're trying to figure Put it out. Put it on the list if it's not on the list, because I don't know how often we talk about mysteries. It's got to be on the list. 62 things. It should be. Uh, we do have murder mystery on here. That's what it is. Wow. It's that. Yeah. That's number 54. Is murder mystery a sub-subgenre of mystery? <laughs> no, no, but I can't. Okay, hold on. It needs to have. Mystery, comma, murder. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there Thank we go. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, updated. It's good now. Thank you. This is for our level four patrons. You get access to this. <laughs> <laughs> Not much else, huh? Not really, no. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's touching on some adult fears stuff. Is it? What a adult little bit. fears? You mean just like failing at your job and not being a good author and having to yeah, write college textbooks? That, like struggling relationship issues due to the horror stuff that's going on. Like it's uh, it's touching on that. I'm not saying it is an adult fears movie, but it's yeah. touching on it. Okay, okay, I get that. That because that does play into the dynamics of the relationship and all that stuff. So I get, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Fair enough. I get, I get it. He kind of like has lost his his way. He's not a soul skater anymore. He sure is. He's reminded he of sure what it's like to soul isn't. skate. Soul skaters don't live in mansions like they moved out of. Is this anywhere uh, close to slasher? No. There's no. a mask. There's a bunch of like Rube That's Goldberg. That's his face, man. Okay, okay, fine. That's fine. Bagool's face. All right, Mister Boogie. I think it's slightly slasher. I'm just gonna throw that one out there. That's not. Don't add it. <laughs> well, don't add it. Me. What do you mean? Slasher is a genre. Hold on. I'm gonna slightly. add. I'm gonna add slasher subgenre slightly slasher. Okay. Well. Okay. Then add that to every single other subgenre and okay. sub subgenre. Well, frankly. that's gonna take me some time. I'm doing it for slasher right now. <laughs> okay. All right, Jake. Maybe you can save Mark from what he's just done to himself here. What does this movie do right? Uh, look, this movie kind of begins and ends with its sort of snuff film found footage segments. That's what made this movie. Yeah, the, the fact that those exist and they use that to bring forth the horror as a delivery mechanism, really nice. And they really, really nice. And they hit home. And they sure. hit you hard with it immediately. I forgot that the the cold open to this is, is the one of them Super Eight tree hanging. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't want to jump into something that I find that the movie does middle immediately. But well, that's just wrong because that's what it does right. What I don't think it about? needs it. He ends up. Uh, uh, why? Why is it delivered that way? I just like I don't. It wolf. doesn't make sense. I don't know, man. I, okay, that's why it doesn't. I, so, oh so, okay. God, you no, maybe no. could do something in the middle. Here's some reasons I like it. Number uh, one, I like it too. It's well, okay. <laughs> I, I I think it sets the tone of the movie very well. I also think it establishes you know he's a true fiction author, true true fiction, Jesus, a true crime <laughs> author. We call that like, nonfiction for the record. In the <laughs> opening shots of the movie, and so you know you like get a feel for the kind of crime he's investigating in there right away even though his family might not know about it so it kind of like I halfway find that it was wholly unnecessary because you're then watching it again 10 minutes later hold on is so <laughs> is your qualm just the fact that no one is there to watch it and we're just seeing it apropos of nothing correct oh Be- well that and the fact that it's then repeated when it, it does make sense to have seen it well i mean it's- they're all repeated i think to a certain extent well, but this one, but one. well, but this one's repeated for no reason. This does not need to have been repeated. I mean, maybe you see you see this one like eight times actually. But yeah, you know I mean, I mean. It, it establishes the setting, and I think it also kind of establishes that these tapes exist outside of just this situation that the guy's in. This is something that happened, and then he moves here, and then when you see it later, you're like, oh, it was well. I mean, it was already filmed. It's not just like it's not just Allison's character. It exists in the world. Beyond him, right? They, I would have. It's a famous enough murder that he's writing about it. I liked it. I, uh, okay, you I didn't. can't. I, I. It's middle to me. Okay. It's hard middle. Well, let's keep talking about what else it does right. And Ethan Hawke is a big part of that. Yeah, he has to carry a huge load in this movie, and he does. Yes, he I, does. He's he, great. He drinks some Heinekens and whiskey. He drinks a lot of whiskey, and he does a really good job of a slow breakdown into losing his fucking mind. Sure. I mean, he's a good actor. A very good actor. Yep. <laughs> you cash in on that, you're gonna be okay. And they they minimally use the kids. 
and the kids are fine. <laughs> <laughs> they steer clear of, you know, falling into that trap where you use children. Yep. The wife is barely around, but she does a good job. And this then the movie, only other one it is... It is a lot of Ethan Hawke just, like, watching movies. That's most Staring directly movies. into the camera making faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine how odd that would be. It's so bizarre. As an actor. <laughs> uh, and so then the, this is... The only other real actor is uh, uh, Ziggy Sabatka. Vincent D'Onofrio? No. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio, too. No. Uh, Detective So- or Deputy So-and-so is the legend of the docks, Ziggy Sabatka from The Wire. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're more of a wire guy than I am. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got you got Vincent D'Onofrio in there, too. Don't shortchange my guy. I mean, I'll shortchange him for this particular performance. It's not his fault. Uh, yeah, he well, just, he's not doing anything right, now. particularly. He's... I kind of like his performance as bonkers as the character actually is, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone could have done a better job. Actually, yeah, that's a very synergistic performance for just the way like he delivers all, most of his lines outside of criminal intent. <laughs> um, other things I really like about this movie, it's fucking scary. This movie is a good combination of dread and good jump scares, a couple of lazy jump scares that do get me. And uh, <laughs> those, those are later, yeah. Yeah, and but fuck, man, this is a scary movie. So let's. I want to break that into two different categories because I want to yeah. talk about what's in the movies versus what's versus the scary shit that happens outside the movies because I think that's like two different things. Th- this movie's bread is buttered by the like content of the snuff films. It's not just like your average day to day snuff films. Like it's not the faces of horror or whatever shit you saw when you downloaded from Kazaa. Faces of death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever I said. That's on Shutter, by the way. Okay. This is like, there's, there's, I mean, the results themselves are pretty brutal, but like the actual method for most of these, with the exception of the uh, sleepy time tape or whatever, are pretty yeah. like, there, there's like a whole build to them that is brutal and like tortuous that really, it's pretty disturbing. Yeah. And I so think let's... like, there's a reason they splice these in every, I don't know. 10 minutes or so just to remind you like hey remember that time with the lawnmower yeah they're, they're all very good and they're they're well filmed on actual super 8 which i think adds a lot of authenticity yep. to it and makes yep. them all the freakier yeah let's let's run through them all i want to get thoughts on all of them. the first one is the hanging one which we okay, see a wait. bunch of times uh yeah real quick i'm just gonna point out that another thing this movie does right this is more of a neat pick but the names of yeah the film no it's, it's <laughs> a good point are really choice i think that's escalated above neat pick simply because it's it becomes like an inherent part of their whole bit. Yeah, I didn't write those down. So, Mark, if you oh, happen to, I got all okay, of them. yeah, yeah. So, the first is the hanging one. Uh huh. That's called hanging with the family. Okay, Jesus, Christ. hilarious. Yeah, and that one they linger on the people like hanging and twitching and until they fully stop moving, and that's pretty brutal. Yeah, I think the longest shot we have of any individual like movie is the opening scene, yes, which is the other is. reason that I like it probably more than Jake is willing to let on. You like it more than Jake is willing to I'm let willing on. I'm willing to let on that you like <laughs> it as much as you, you like You know what it, I mean. I like it more than Jake does is what Correct. I was at. Correct. Accurate. There you go. But also Jake refuses to admit that I like it as much as I do. He's always refused that, Mark. I got your back on this, buddy. Cool. That is Thank preposterous. you. It's nice to have someone I, in my corner for I once. will not stand for this. <laughs> uh, the next one is the car scene where the woman and people are chained inside the car and then it gets lit on fire. Ah, yeah. It's the family barbecue. Oh yep. Jesus! Also hilarious. Yep. Which actually also opens with a real family barbecue. Wait, do you but... want do you want thoughts on these other than the hilarious names of the movies being hilarious? I mean, they are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yes. If you have thoughts on them, I'm not like asking you to jump in and say, uh huh. Yep. 
Okay, good. Good. That's what I was looking for. There it is. There's that content. And I think the the uh, burning one might actually be the least brutal of them. Mm-mm. Um. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, okay. I'll get to the least brutal. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Next up is the pool one. Uh, that is, oh, where is that one? Pool party. Pool party. Fuck that one. That one affects me the most. I that hate one's that like, one. That's, the, that's the worst fucking one. They're all chained to the poolside chairs being dragged into the pool one by one i agree okay so oh. we all think this one's the worst okay okay yeah or and the best then and the, then like uh, the one in the, the various bedrooms like, where they're just, we just have a guy going to spree or sleeping time least, that's the that's or the like least brutal. i don't know it's funny when you're like oh they're like whatever just slit. that's the least that. brutal i don't think that's the least brutal to I me do. like that one's still a little bit visceral because i like the shots like reflecting off his glasses yeah but they also kind of shitty i don't know it is kind of shitty i do think it's kind of funny i feel like you always hit something like that in these movies where you come up with a series of really creative deaths, and then like at a certain point, the writers are just like, "Fuck it, can we just have a guy go on a shooting spree or something?" <laughs> or yeah. like, I don't know, stab a bunch of people, like whatever. Let's do that. It's a weird sense to be laughing at, but I agree. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, also, I remember this one, like coming away, still thinking about this scene the first time I saw this movie, the lawnmower one. Uh, this is the best jump scare in the movie. This is called lawn work. It's not the best jump scare in the movie, but it's pretty good. Uh, well, this is my. I think it's. I think it's the most memorable jump scare Fuck, in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Let's clarify. Yeah, because you, you just see the camera on a riding mower just going, and then there's a head there. It's the most memorable jump scare, and not the best. There's it's a not head the there. There's a head there, and I'm going to transition back to this a little bit later. But uh, also, incredible musical cue. Right when the thing, like they're going faster than you can kind of tell, and then the the head comes on screen, and there's just this immediate, just like stinger that happens. That Wait, is that so is that something perfect. that does right for you? Yeah, uh, yeah, we can jump right. Okay, to that. well, that's something that does hard wrong, uh, wrong thing. This movie does prime example A is Whoa. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I okay, so let's put a way pause on, on the that. opposite page. One of the I'm, reasons this movie is as good as it is is because its soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Okay, well, I this completely is wrong. agree with that. I love the soundtrack, but I edit. I I didn't know if the sound if the soundtrack to the snuff films was supposed to be diegetic. Or What's not. diegetic? What's not diegetic? I know. assume that it's it doesn't care non diegetic. I mean, it is such a especially cheating because bullshit. I'm pretty sure that the projector he's using doesn't have audio. It doesn't, but they they're played like they start so, immediately with the. Projector projector and stop immediately upon end of if the projector. If it's not diegetic, then that makes it worse because that's just cheap. I, I kind of agree. It, it's why it does middle for me. Okay. But the songs themselves were awesome and effective. And The soundtrack in this movie is incredible, but there are instances where I find there to be really cheap shit happening, and that is the biggest example of it. So another thing I like about this, though, is a couple of those songs are written by Norwegian death metal bands. <laughs> and which is why they had that Vincent D'Onofrio throwaway line in there of like, this isn't just some fucking pentagram you'd see from like a Norwegian death metal band. I love that. That's funny. I didn't know that. Have you guys, which is do, a cool little do detail. either of you guys or you listener, if any of you listen to podcasts, there's a Malcolm Gladwell, Rick Rubin one called uh, Broken Record. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's an episode of that that they interview this guy and it's about Norwegian black and well, it's about black and death metal, but it heavily focuses on the Norwegian culture of that. It's one of the funniest things I've ever listened to. <laughs> it is so good. So yeah. do that. Quick, quick. Uh, probably, yeah. 
probably not funny, but there's also that documentary that's been on my list forever called Until the Light Takes Us that's specifically about the world of Norwegian death metal. I want to see that, yeah. That's yeah. on Shudder as well, right? Yeah, I there was like so. a yeah. there was like an adult swim show about Norwegian death metal too, right? It's a whole thing, man. Yeah. Everyone it's the happiest place on the world in the world and it's the <laughs> not happiest place in the world. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll throw that on my list for next week and I'll tell they you. They hate it Christianity is. and they're one of the least Christian countries I could think of. Oh, <laughs> uh. What else do we want to talk about before we transition to middle fully? I actually, it's funny. You guys have been rattling through these things, and I haven't really even touched on most of mine that I have under does right. This movie has one of the best twists as far as like, well, fuck it. I'll just leave it at that. It has one of the best twists, both okay. as far as it was the kids the whole time, which I think is probably a little bit telegraphed, but pretty good. But also the interconnectivity between the families, I think, is incredibly unique and that's, that's good for sure yeah and there's a few of those too right because even though they live in the murder house you like i remember that being kind of a revelation like suspecting that they might have but they're careful enough to play it off right well, the, sh- the sheriff's no. first line is i think this is all in very bad taste so so i mean for the record jack you know factually they're in the murder house within yeah. the first five minutes because they show ethan hawk looking at the branch in his backyard because they showed you that bullshit at the start ah damn it i didn't um, notice that yeah <laughs> so I'm just a dummy. Look, I think that I think that both things we're talking about are actually relatively telegraphed in this movie, but I don't think it really matters. I think it's still something that it does right. Like you get it through Detective So and So and the interaction that he has with Ethan Hawke's character. I don't know the names of anyone's anyone's movie. What is it? Well, he Ethan has a good name. name. What's like his name? Ellison Cobblepot or something. <laughs> yeah, he's actually Chester Copperpot. You're right. <laughs> it's Ellison Oswald. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Chester Copperpot and uh, Detective So-and-So have their his, interactions. And he's credited, I think, only as deputy. So-and-so. He's not credited as deputy so-and-so? I think he's de- deputy so-and-so. Uh, no, he's not. He is. You don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say he's not. I have a question. Uh, then I have a nitpick. Why would you credit him as deputy and not deputy so-and-so? I bet he is credited. Mark doesn't actually know this. Asshole. Bet? Sure. One oh, of us has shit. to pay to rent this again. No, I still have it rented. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, definitely bet. Okay, I am. Who's betting? Jake and Mark are betting? Whoa, I thought you just p- pitched the bet. I like that. Fine. I like that maneuver. Fine, I'll bet. Jack yells bet. I'll bet. Somebody does it. You're such a piece of shit, I'm the one Jack. who still has it rented. I'll bet him. Fine. Well, it doesn't matter. I could have checked it. I'm <laughs> sitting three feet from you. This is fucking brilliant, Jack. Good I'll work. bet him. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you. If I lose, don't go hard on me because I chose to step into his... St- Listener, this is horse shit. In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Oh, oh, that's it. Gambling. <laughs> All right, Listener, we are back, and Jake lost that bet that he definitely made. Uh, it's just credited. James Ransone is just credited as deputy. I hate you. For the record, while we were doing this, because I made this bet without knowing what I was really doing... You suck, Jack. Uh, I did look on Wikipedia, and it does credit him there as Deputy So-and-So. <laughs> so I would just like to say that I wasn't totally wrong in this thing that I cared so much about the bet <laughs> on. Mark, what film is Jake watching because of that bet that he definitely made and he alone? <laughs> um, I don't know how Jake manages to do this, but I guess he gets let off super easy on all of the bets that he makes for some reason where he gets to watch cool shit and I have to watch <laughs> fucking Amityville murders. Well, okay, I feel like that's fair here. This is karma, is what we call this. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to give you another good one that I just wanted you to watch for, like, I think the last year and a half. You're going to watch Shin Godzilla. Oh, okay. Fuck yeah. Where do I find it? I I needed uh, the kick out the front door. Where is it? 
probably you have to rent it on Amazon or something like that. But when okay, I did whatever. it, it was not expensive. That's, well, I'm a poor man. I'm sure it's more expensive now. A yeah. <laughs> couple of years later. Yeah. Is it that old? God. I think it's 2016. 20... Yeah. I thought it was 2017. Jesus, it's three years old. Now. Well, it was one of those we... ones that like came out like 75 times. We, c- we couldn't get it until later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jesus. Okay, great. I will watch it. I'm actually excited for this. Thank you, Mark. You are welcome. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, buddy. Love you. I'm staring him down, <laughs> listener. It's good audio content. Mm-hmm. Are we on the middle yet? No, Mark, you got a whole list. Well, I did want to still bring up the, the soundtrack part of it, because aside from the, apparently the stinger that, I mean, is admittedly kind of cheap, but they use it to great effect uh, for the lawnmower thing. I really, really like the sound that's played over, I think, one of the early... Shit, I, re- I wish I had written down which one it was, but I think it's like the first non-hanging one that I think it's the family barbecue that they play over it. It's just sort of like, a lot of this shit is just like weird industrial yes. sounds. Yes. Yeah, it's like if you told Brian Eno to score a horror movie, this is what you'd get. Yeah, or like, but also a little bit of Trent Reznor in there. Yeah. Um, no, I think it sounds, by and large, it sounds really interesting and cool and awesome, and it fits, and it adds to the mood, which is what you're looking for. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. And then the only other thing I wanted to shout out is that the uh, they use the song, I think it's called Gyroscope by Boards of Canada, for the outro credits as well as during like the climactic we have to fucking leave this house right now scene. Um, and it's almost, I mean, it fits with the rest of the soundtrack, but like the amount of cold intensity that you get out of that is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I, I really like all the music that they use. I just, again, the, the part where it could be diegetic or not is, is troubling, but the music is, itself is ace. God, uh, I didn't even register that it would be diegetic. That's confusing to me that that bugs you so much. Well, it, it was so, after the first one, like after the hanging one, it was so perfectly attuned with when he starts and stops the projector and like swelling with it that I was like, is that what they're trying to tell me? And then each one is like that, where it's... They're, they're not, though. Yeah, I know. It's not diegetic. It's just annoying. Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. Annoyingly good. It makes no sense for a movie to have Look, sound an, over it. An audio, sting, an audio sting accompanying a jump scare is really a it's a great way to make your jump scare hit harder, but it's cheap as fuck in this instance. Yeah, and, and I also I'd be I have no problem if they transitioned some kind of music bed mu- music in or, or something or swelled it, but they just start when the film starts, stop when the film stops. I don't know. I'm I'm hard one way or the other. I I would have loved to just listen to the sound of the film reel. That would have been really cool. Well, yeah, yeah, no, Do absolutely, that. yeah. Like fuck, I don't know. In any case, I, what did you guys think of the design? I know he's not a lot there, but of Bugul. Oh, it'll come up later. But let's put a pin in that. So I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but it's it's brief enough that I didn't hate it. I did think it was cool that they were just going through <laughs> what pictures. Segment are we? In? They were they were just going through middle. <laughs> I'm not in middle yet. Okay, say more. Fuck you. Okay, the you. last thing I want to touch on, uh, and this is something I originally had a little bit lower on the list, and as I thought about it and as I watched the movie, it grew quite like it went up the ladder. Um, the way the, the use of darkness. Usually we talk a lot about lighting in movies. This is the exact opposite. I feel like 80% of this movie is negative space, and I feel like they do that on purpose specifically to lean in in some regard to the amount of, I think they're cognizant of the fact that there's a lot of jump scares here, but also like they're trying to paint a very dark picture. Like all of the content of this movie is very dark, right? Yeah. Literally. And literally. Yeah. (laughs) 
And they use it very, very well. Like, the darkness scenes are all Ethan Hawke's late-at-night psychosis alone scenes. And I it's think it's every scene. really effective to that. And even during um, the daytime. Like, at the later scene when uh, he brings the deputy in, uh, and I think it's the one when he discloses to him, like, how, the, how everything's connected or whatever, like, right before the right before the climax that gets them out of the house. It's still during the day, but the way they shoot it indoors is with the two people framed against a window. So they're silhouetted. And then aside from just the picture window that has the outside light coming in, the scene is pitch black. Like there's a lot, uh, there's a lot like going into how they considered shot composition specifically in that regard. Yeah, that's that's the other difference, is they use the darkness, unlike a recent episode of Game of Thrones, where they just did it and used it to blur bad CG so they had to spend less on it, and then blamed consumers for not knowing how their TVs work. Game of Thrones. The produ- produ- producers and director of this movie actually used the darkness to effect. It was really cool. Yeah. Completely that's the last thing I had on it does right. All right. Middle. I kind of like the design of Mr. Boogie slash Bagool. Um, and I, what I think it was really cool is, is greasy skid, man. He looks like he, he is out of a satanic clown orgy. Fucking greasiest skid you ever seen come up the produce stand the other day. What fucking satanic clown orgy did you just crawl out of? He totally <laughs> yeah, did, man. Exactly He's, what he, he did. He looks like a member of Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly right. And they, they were apparently the director was just going through Flickr with the one of the designers, like one of the art designers, and looking at pictures they liked, and then found that one and like emailed the author at his dot Flickr account or whatever, and said, "Hey, can we give you some money for this?" And they totally. just paid five hundred bucks totally. to use this entire design. I think that's cool. I like Greasy's kid. Yeah, um, I like it in concept. I think it has not aged well i remember thinking it looked okay when i first saw it and now i think it looks pretty bad it's so briefly used though but it's in your goddamn face it's one of the best lit things in the movie well <laughs> he's definitely in your goddamn face yeah, yeah. multiple um, times yeah several times oh wait I, we we touched on this briefly but what okay lawnmower scare was mark's most effective scare i want to talk about like uh, best jump scare scenes or best scare scenes in the oh, movie oh yeah okay. i'm curious to know what you guys think on this one because I, best jump scare, the one best or jump scare. the ones that scared you the most, or the ones you liked the best. I don't know. Pick it. Uh, okay. The best jump scare was the lawnmower scare. Okay, but I also hated it. Okay, which ones did you then? Which ones got you the best? Which other ones you got on that list? Uh, okay. So there are three that stand out in my mind. There's that one. There's the very end, which fuck hold hold my hold me from uh, talking about which this. part of the very the end? very oh the end. very very end uh, where Mister Boogul's right behind her. The very end. Oh shit! Okay. No, they're like panning around the house or whatever, and then he's just it's like, just he does the exact out. same movie does earlier, and he yep. just like leans in. Yep, that is fucking Blumhouse. Uh, and then <laughs> see, that's the, the cheapest one in my well, mind. That's my, uh, yeah. Me too. Well, that that is the cheapest one, but the one that's most impactful. It makes me sad because it was really impactful from a really cheap tactic. So in any case. Uh, then the third one, I also hate, uh, <laughs> Jesus, I, I really hate a lot of the jump scare mechanisms in this movie. The third one is the one where he's walking through the house at night and it has the kid, which is actually, it's really cool how these kids move. We haven't talked about that, but I'm going to pot it all in the oh, middle. Oh God. Cause they're like, I don't know what they did from a film standpoint. I'm sure it's not hard, but I am a terribly stupid They're just man. like moving really slowly. Well, they're, they're, they're in slow-mo and, and he's not. Lighting, yeah. Uh, but in any case, there's one sequence there, one segment of it where he's standing there and you as the audience (laughs) you as the audience get jump scared by the girl and he doesn't even notice it so there's no impact in the movie none yep 
That's fourth on my list. Okay, actually. what was the other one? Well, no, I, none of yours made it onto the top of my most effective jump scare. Okay, so this movie is littered with them. It's littered it's with them. It's mostly jump scare. With some most effective film. and favorite one for me is the one where he's frozen his laptop on Bagul, and then he's looking at papers on his desk or something, and, and Bagul, Bagul turns to look That's to him. That's not a jump scare. Love that. That's Love a good that. move, yep. I it's love good. the one where he goes out, he thinks he sees something out in the yard, and he goes out there and he finds his kid's face Oh, yeah, that was bushes. actually, that was good, too. Fuck, that one got me real good. wasn't memorable to I, me. That one. It had the big eye, like, almost like a J-Horror type thing. Yeah. There's, like, the big eye, pale face thing yep. in the bushes. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other one that got me really well is, it's an interesting how they do it when the first night terror his kid has when he's in the box. Because it's slow. Jesus Christ. It's slow. He walks up to the box, and, like, the box opens slowly, and his kid kind of crawls out slowly backwards, and then just starts screaming. So it's not like a jump scare. I need to jump in right here. A, that's not a jump scare. But B, that is the first thing I'd written down under Does Metal was the kid in the box. (laughs) His kid in the box. (laughs) The reason this is... I find this to be so fucking fascinating for so many reasons. It's a fundamentally a good scare. It's creepy as shit. There's a box where you didn't leave a box. It starts kind of moving, and then your kid crawls out of it backwards in like this weird crab walk thing and then screams at you. That's scary, right? That might be one of the... If that happened to me in real life, that might be the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in real life. Well, yes, it's weird as fuck. It's like, yeah. get out of the box. So the interesting <laughs> thing about... What's in the box? God. If you guys remember the trailers for this movie, that scare featured kind of heavily... Yeah. Which is funny to think about because you could cut it out of the movie in its entirety and not affect the narrative whatsoever. Well, Mark, then that's a neat pick. Well, it, it that part of it is a neat pick. I, I like that they did. They kind of went out of their way to create fodder for a trailer that ultimately yes. wasn't a spoiler for the movie. Love that's it. That's great. Thank you. I like that a lot. Yeah, but, but and it's also the it's whole not- concept of writing in like a three-minute long scene that just doesn't have anything to do with your actual movie is also kind of oh yeah. That's what, what puts impact, it in the middle. What impact is throw? Fuck, I can't well, okay. get there yet. So so there, but I. I will say that they also did the work to not just totally rawly insert it out of nothing, right? It does do some stuff with the developing his kids' night terrors, which is making his That's wife really pissed it. off at him. That's how they introduce it. Yeah, so it's not meaningless. That's asinine. It's not, it doesn't do what nothing What role does for that ultimately play, though? Nothing. To develop they... the strife with his wife. Ah, the wife's strife. The wife's classic wife strife. <laughs> I am. I'm not pleased What I'm saying is it's not, not, it's not nothing. It's basically nothing. I like to listen to the white stripes during the wife strife. <laughs> God damn it. I, I have a friend. <laughs> this, is, this is a weird thing to say, and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but I have a friend. No one uh, listens to this podcast. I who's got a shed in his backyard that we call the post office, because whenever he gets into a fight with his wife, he goes out there and listens to Post Malone at obscenely loud volumes. <laughs> That's a very strange <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> And does he mix in the Postal Service ever? Nope, just Post Malone. Half oh, Post Malone, half And Postal the only Service. Post Malone song I know is Sunflower, so I'm just picturing listening to Sunflower on repeat. On repeat. Oh. <laughs> Baby, I'm all right. Um, I have no way to elaborate on this story. <laughs> no, neither of you know this person, so. Okay. This- cool. Hey, I have a friend neither of you guys know. That's, a, that's something cool. Oh, my God. He goes to another <laughs> school. He's from Canada. Shut <laughs> up. You wouldn't know him. I met him at camp. Oh my uh, God. Literally, the only thing I had in Does Middle was the kid in the box scare. I had the music, so. Well, that's, I mean, huh. that's objectively huh. wrong. Huh. 
Well, I have a lot of things that we talked about and then one thing that we didn't left. So I, I think that it's interesting that they played the bumbling cop thing for like a moment and then really turned hard away from it to try to like build him into something that was actually helpful. But it was still kind of like, here's your bumbling cop. It's 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 kind of like they had a test audience halfway through the movie said, he'd be good in a sequel. Yeah, and like, exactly. oh shit, we got to sure. pivot on this guy. Sure. So I was like, oh, uh, detective so-and-so doesn't sit well. <laughs> I like him. I like him too. That's why it's middle. Doesn't Legend of the well, Dots, like man. Him. Ziggy Sabatka. A little bit of this one, a little bit of this one. Middle. <laughs> That's going to take us what the movie does wrong. That's accurate. I was drinking beer. I would have done a better, uh, what do you call it, segue. You're like champing at the bit over there to talk about what it does wrong. What do you got? What? What are you talking about? I don't know. You what seem you eager. champing at the bit? Well, I've already talked about several of these. Cold Open was prime. I really hate it. Okay. Did not work for you. Uh no, it did. Yeah. Wh- explain. Someone needs to create an actual argument as to what it di- what did it do. What we, did it we've do? created several arguments. I you just I, didn't listen to any of no, them. No, I listened to them, and I guess I just disagree. Okay, like, I would have preferred the movie <laughs> so, where you where somebody you has come to create in, different arguments. He finds this box, and then he starts pul- like blowing into him, and it's like holy shit, that would hit harder than me than this fucking horse shit cold open that I'm already watching this tape for no reason. That actually this. is a good point, and you kind of winked at this earlier. There is an alternate version of this movie. Uh, in my mind, where you don't see the cold open, and then you are one of the first scenes you see is him in his backyard, his new backyard, after talking to the sheriff, and he's just kind of like drinking tea and looking at the weird branch that's fallen down, and that's just like alone, just kind of a weird thing that you don't, whatever. It's strange. as the audience, sure, as the audience, the, as the audience, you don't know, and that's okay. Exactly, it's and okay then, for him to know and you not to. Yeah, and then like two scenes later, after he finds it, you see the family get hanged, and then I mean that actually does present a pretty interesting build there. I wow, do like I, what you're saying. I drastically prefer that reality. I would that would have been really cool. That. Well. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Can both exist? Can it be cool in a vacuum, and then we can agree that it would yes. have been better for the movie Absolutely. if it didn't do yes. that? Okay, fine. Yeah, I, am, exactly. I am willing to do that. Okay. I'm willing to do We've that. We've reached an accord. In sir. a vacuum, that scene is cool as a start. It hits you hard, but I fucking hate it for okay. the movie as a whole. Uh, I had a problem with the way the movie develops the alcoholism component of his character because <laughs> they do nothing towards it. They show him drinking a glass of whiskey like four different times, and then it's mostly it's like it's like I'm watching an episode of The Closer where everyone's just telling me Kira Sedgwick is charming and smart, but I'm not seeing it on screen. Like there's no, it's he's Ziggy Sabatka says, and it's gotten no small amount of use that bottle of whiskey. It's like, what are you talking about? You've seen a closed bottle of whiskey on his desk two times. <laughs> That's pretty troubling. How dare you be a writer and drink whiskey some nights <laughs> in your office? How dare you, sir? So, I mean, it, it felt more like telling than showing, which I don't like in writing. Being a crime author, notably famous career for people who are sober. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just meant like they... Talk about that as a character trait rather than making it an actual character trait of his. It reminds me of the scene out of Pod that you guys pointed out was like this this person who did the set dressings definitely did not know what an alcoholic's apartment <laughs> yeah, looked like. Man. Oh my god. <laughs> There's like three open bottles of beer and they're like, oh, alcoholic. Yep. One vase knocked over. <laughs> they yeah. leaned into that one way too hard though. It's like, have you ever seen someone who actually drinks? Like this. <laughs> 
I don't think we have any. I don't think we have problems. Like, this I'm is not alcoholism. Mark, to be clear, I'm not talking about. I didn't have a problem with this character being an alcoholic, and I, I kind of like that aspect of it. I get it. It drives the plot and it works. He's also well, not if an you're alcoholic. spending your nights watching snuff films, I feel like you develop alcoholism sort oh, of just like that's what it's ab- trying to absolutely. Well, that's yeah. what it's kind of trying to convey. But also, well, exactly. he's not really an alcoholic. So. Right. What I mean is that in terms of writing, it does more showing, like telling me. Hey, all the other, all the tertiary characters saying you're an alcoholic, then actually having his character express the the indications of being an alcoholic. So, hey, yeah. speaking instead of telling and not showing, this movie has some of the most preposterously stupid methods of exposition, where he's just writing questions that are fucking obvious on post-it notes and putting them on his goddamn <laughs> yarn it. wall. He is like a junior high schooler with his notes, man. <laughs> How many are there? Where are you? Who made this film? Where's Stephanie? <laughs> yeah, like, the, you moved into this girl's house to solve the mystery. Did you really think you were going to forget that there was a missing girl from the house that you lived <laughs> in? Well, and even more, like, you're watching this movie that you found why is it important for you what gain are you going to have from having written down who made this film i feel like it's pretty obvious that that's something you're going to try to figure out a real cinematic lunatic board is jesus what you're gonna christ have. it reminded me so much of the scene from uh, a quiet place the what is their weakness that was my Underlined first yeah, that's, that's different a really good one here's oh a note God. that yeah, no one would have ever made <laughs> fuck who edited this film this yeah. film is cut bagul obviously so it's interesting because they also get into that in the movie, right? Yeah. Where he's Googling, how do you edit Super 8 and cutting it together? Yeah. So, I mean, Bugul ed- did edit it. Yes. There's super extended cuts. What does that envelope say at the end? Like, it might say super extended cuts or alternate endings or something like that. I think it says, I think it extended, says extended endings. Mm. Okay. Like it, I think it has the word cut on the envelope. Extended endings cut, maybe? No, that's not sure. what it says. I think it has the word cut on the envelope. It doesn't say extended endings cut, I'm, and I'm not betting again. Bet. I'm going back to the video. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> Fuck you. You two bet this time. I don't care. You should, um, you should bet all the time, Jake. We're giving you good movies. But I lose every time. There's like a, a part of it's like if I get a good movie, that's cool, but then I also, it's just the pain of losing every bet. Wow. I'd lose all the time if I got good movies to watch. Well, I don't want to have my hand forced all the time. Sometimes I just want to watch movies I want to watch. That's fair. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, I'm not well, talking much. I am currently watching the movie trying to figure out what this envelope says. <laughs> just have to it's finish fair. off my viewing real quick. Don't worry about it's it. That's fair. Yeah, he actually hasn't finished this movie. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm like uh, an hour 31 in right now. I'll be done soon. Oh, great. <laughs> Scarecrow the shit out of him. Um, while he's doing that, I do feel like this movie dragged a bit in the middle since it is in 110 minutes. And I don't remember thinking that the first time around, but this time specifically, like, I could have done done without all the dramatic acting breaks in the middle where, like, he and his wife are fighting and she finally finds out they're living in the murder house or whatever. Like, couldn't you have just introduced that at the beginning and then not had it be as much of a, like, long-ass scene? Well... Speaking of, she finally finds out that they're in the murder house. It's like, what in what world was she not going to figure this out? Like, they have, they get there and the cops are pretty much there and they basically put that on a silver platter, but, you know, not quite. And she doesn't somehow figure that out. She's going to be around town. Like, she has a life that exists outside of the walls of this house. There's Someone's gonna be some going to snides, mention this. There's going to be some snide soccer mom that's like, oh, yeah, into their house. There's no way she's not going to figure this out. What the f- Fuck. So I first had this in a nitpick. I didn't move no. it to what it does wrong because she also says like, well, we got this house for such a steal. I wonder why now. It's like, well, what did you think in the first place? How did you think this happened? And how would you have like, yeah, if you got it for a steal, is the argument that he made that it's two houses down from a murder house? No, nope. Because he told her steal? it's not two houses down from a murder house. That's the only thing he did tell her. 
No, I thought he said that it wasn't the murder house. No, no. She says, we didn't move two houses down from the murder house, oh. did we? And he says, no, we didn't move two houses down from the murder it. house. Correct. It oh, was. It was. Frankly, I wanted them to teleport Mark Wahlberg in just for that scene, just to play him for that what? one scene. What? No! No! <laughs> what? No! And then he's so, Ethan Hawke for the rest of the movie. That would, boys, I would fucking love that cut. I have an update here, boys. I did find it. It says extended cut endings. Got it. Okay. That's okay. what the envelope says. So, Bagul is editing the shit out of these, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He gets real artsy in his spare time between murders, you know. It's his, it's a hobby. He likes to take up some Super 8 film. Well, if you're some stuff. super old pagan deity, you have to figure out what to do with past your time, Jack. Not pagan. Not pagan, pagan you stupid asshole. <laughs> I actually kind of like uh, J- uh, Jack, whoever you are, evoking the uh, fantasy, point. fantasy point. Yeah. Uh, evoking the Ninkasi thing. Like, just in his spare time, he's back in the nether realm or whatever, hanging out with Ninkasi, and they're just like, do you think they're bros, or do you think that all the other... Well- Gods are just like, oh, fuck, Bagul's coming. Can we just, everyone close the circle, close the circle. <laughs> yeah, everyone, come on, come on, nobody look, nobody look. <laughs> oh, sorry, man, we were playing a game, and it's only five players, so Yeah, can't. he's definitely the shunned. He's so greasy, they don't want him. It's interesting, Ninkasi isn't spoken of very much in the Sumerian text. Like, she's kind of an outcast, too, but the one people like, because she's not out there, like, demanding sacrifices and shit. Well, she's just also, giving people she's beer. also a partier, yeah. yeah. Why would you not <laughs> like her, dude? Whatever. You would, but she's not written about very much. Well, she's like Matthew McConaughey from Days of Confused. Doesn't hang out all the time, but then they. <laughs> all right, and... all right, all right. Yeah, kind of creepy, but also gets you beer. Exactly, it's an important character. You need that role. <laughs> you know my favorite thing about Ninkasi? Wine what? keeps getting older, and she stays the same age. Hey. I... I didn't. I didn't really have a punchline. Oh. I was hoping once I started, I'd yeah. think of a punchline halfway through, and I didn't. It was. That's how all good jokes work. Yeah, you go in completely unprepared, and then you just. Just start talking. Make people laugh. Yeah. You trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't not a joke. It was at least a joke. Yeah, correct. Accurate. Fact. What <laughs> is there anything else this movie does wrong? I have to stop this. Uh, maybe it should have been in Dust Middle, but the darkness is overwhelming at some point where you're just trying to see what's actually happening. Yeah, I kind of, like I said, I had it written lower on my list and then I bumped it up just because I think it's a creative, stylistic choice. And at a certain point in the movie, you realize they are definitely doing this on purpose and I'm just willing to reward that. But yeah, definitely, particularly in like the Super 8 films, I would be curious to know if they put that, even if they did shoot it on a Super 8, if they put it through a filter additionally, just to make it even darker and harder to see. Because a few of those, it's like legitimately um, hard to make out what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. And then the last thing I have it does wrong is I put the lazier jump scares in this category because there are some very lazy jump scares. This movie relies upon them a decent amount. We've yeah, talked about that. I, yes. Yes. Agreed. Blow it. Mark is a large cylindrical that object up to his That for lips. the new listeners. We have to say that every two episodes or no one gets it. If no you're just tuning in. Gets our jokes. A train whistle indicates nitpick station. Listener. <laughs> He's still blowing it. His daughter didn't wash her hands after her late night bathroom sesh. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. Don't be a dirty hippie, kids. PSA. Wash your hands. Wash hey, your hands. Hey, they got to build their immune systems. That's Shut up, it. Mark. Immunize your kids. I mean, that's that's true. That's not what <laughs> also, we're talking about. <laughs> irrelevant, but also true. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's all let's all you know fasten our seatbelts and stop at railway crossings while we're here's, at it. Here's a nitpick yep, that yep, I yep. had with this movie. It took me out of the movie just because I thought about an issue for a long time. If you move into a new house, or let's just say in your current houses, 
you find a box of old Super 8 tapes in the attic. Do you watch those tapes? Okay, well, yeah, the first thing yes. is, I guess it does do. come with a projector. Because what I was going to say, if it's just tapes, yeah, then I'm definitely not going out of my way. It absolutely comes with a projector. But, like, what precautions do you take so that if there's some truly heinous shit on there, when you call the police, you can be like, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely not mine. Just found him in the attic, wanted to watch him. It's like he, they, he puts, like, a label on it, like they give you at REI when you walk in with something that you yeah, like, exactly. walk in with. Yeah. They're like, this is, yep, you came in with this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like this one I got here. I'd be like, I, I'd call the police, I think, and be like, so here's the thing. I found some tapes in my attic. They probably contain heinous shit. I want to give them to you. Can I watch them with you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch a few first, and then I'm going to call back in See, 10 that's minutes a problem. and let you They're know whether or not no. films. I know, but like... They're going to say no. Why don't... I Just do what you're going to do, and then give it to them and be like, I knew that I couldn't call you first because you assholes would be so boring that you wouldn't let me watch them. <laughs> so, so I had I to watch one. Them. Let Can me confirm was heinous. <laughs> Here you go. Hey, Mr. Police Officer who's sitting answering phones. Let me run two different phone calls by you. First one, mm. me calling. Hi, yeah, I just moved into a house and I found some videos in my attic. Can I watch them? Totally boring, right? Hey, Mr. <laughs> Officer, yeah, I just found a fucking box full of crazy snuff films. Can you come take them from me, please? Which one are you going to respond to, right? The latter, but maybe not in a good way. And what if it's worse than snuff films? Which it probably is. Well, that's a valid point. <laughs> that's what I say. I have a question. Well, then in that case, you're probably calling the FBI and not. Yeah, your I local have a question. Like, how many things are worse than snuff films? Uh, one very specific thing is significantly worse. I think they're both pretty bad. They're both. I'm not saying either's good. One is murder, dude. <laughs> they're uh, okay. They're we don't this need is, to, this doesn't okay, need a debate this, we need to have. Not, we're not hashing this out. Both are bad. <laughs> this isn't comparative. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Back up. Next nitpick. <laughs> um, They're both bad, okay. At what point in history could you have gotten a mounted light to mount to a Super 8 camera effectively enough to weirdly light some of the scenes? I think that this is a full-on sunny fixed job where it's just a flashlight duct taped to the top of the camera. But totally. even in the 60s, I don't think you could get a camera that small or light. I don't know. Did you, uh, ever watch not a camera. did you ever watch Super 8? I did. Pretty good movie, actually. It's a very good movie. Didn't they do that thing? Didn't they? Didn't they actually? I think that's what they did. Yeah, but they, they weren't using a, a they weren't using a flashlight from 1966. Why not? Because that film was set in the modern era. It wasn't that modern, was it? It was pretty modern. No, I don't think it was modern. I think it was. Why were they on Super 8? I don't know. I think they found it? Yeah. It's been a while uh, since I've seen it. Is that right? I have no idea. I thought it was said. Okay. I need to revisit that one. That's kind of horror Next week when It Is E Horror watches Steven Spielberg's Super 8. It's horror adjacent. Yeah, it is. It yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, E.T. Will... Basically. Watched a movie last week. Uh, I'm just going to jump in here. Either the cops or the real estate agent definitely would have gotten rid of that fucking tree branch. Yep, that's on my list. <laughs> Why the fuck is that still there? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Like, uh, just assume that it isn't a goddamn true fiction novelist moving in, who's like actively hey, investigating here's the this, case. Here's this liability. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> you got to call the tree guy for that. Sorry, none of us have any power here. Yeah, only uh, an arborist can remove a branch that's already fully separated from the tree. Yeah, what's keeping it in place? By the way, is it just lodged in specifically, wedged in there? God damn it. Super 8 is set in 79. So, okay. Better Flash. flashlights in 79 than 66. I'm confident going out on that limb. Holy. <laughs> you there want is me to no bet way to whether or not bet. there are better flashlights in 1979 <laughs> than 1966. We're going to need we're going to need the fucking no. No. Uh, just no. <laughs> 
course not, because of course there were. Did flashlight technology take a step back in the late 70s? No, my John advanced a lot. We weren't at the moon. We'd already been there. In 79? <laughs> We'd been there already. That's post We weren't Cold at the War. moon. We'd already been there. No, the we Cold weren't. We accept we all of our technology in of flashlights. What is the moon? Much heavier. Do you think we got all the flashlight technology from the moon? No. And we ran out That's of it. That's why we had flashlights before we went to the moon. Okay. What's the moon have to do with this? I don't know. Okay. Jesus Christ. You tell me. <laughs> oh, I can't. I okay. can't. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, okay, question. I have a question. I have a question, guys. We're, I don't have good. answers to your questions. <laughs> I have, this is a more logical question, I trust me. I hope. He calls the cops. We're speaking of this thing already. He calls the cops, and then he's just silent and hangs up. I have two questions about this. Why did he call the operator? Why didn't he just call? Like, is that I, a thing? I have so many nitpicks about this. Oh, my God. Operator, get me the police. What? <laughs> Secondly, he's you just silent in the hang up. I'm pretty sure they would have traced that call and shown up. So, you've identified several nitpicks with that scene. Not all of them. Okay, well, you can continue, Mr. Legal Guy. That's why we have you on retainer. <laughs> we really so, need to get A to Z Horror Legal Corner some, like, music. Some yeah. Theme that's music. not a bad <laughs> you idea. just layer it under yeah. this asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, calling the police via an operator is fine if you're looking for the non-emergency number. But why would you? Because, like, I, I have a thing I want to call he and He says tell it's you an emergency. Okay, so that's the first thing. That's why you would call the operator and not 911, because it's not an emergency. That's logical. But then to say, is this an emergency? When, when the police operator well, picks up- Well, he didn't up, know what to say. This is the alcoholism coming in. He dialed the operator instead of the thing, and it was the wrong police, thing. He said police, but no, okay. But then the police pick up and say, police, is this an emergency? He says, yes. Which it isn't, and you didn't dial nine one one. Number three, after he said this is an emergency, he just hangs up after having told the police it's an emergency. They're going to call coming. him back or send someone there. They're coming, absolutely guaranteed, yes. good and goddamn yeah. guaranteed. Except, the, so they're trying to build in the part where they're like, "You there? We're not going to help you." So when they see what house is, they're just like, "Fuck this guy." Is Maybe, that what happens? But then throw a line at it. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, for the record, listener, I'm just going to put this out here. What he did was. Objectively correct. If you have a non-emergent situation in which you need the cops, you should call the non-emergency line or the operator. I've already said all of this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, I'm but then when, when they ask it's you, an is emergency. this an emergency, don't say yes. Yeah, that part. And also, it is an emergency. Operator. It's not an emergency. Finding snuff films is not an emergency. Yeah, do not call 911 in that situation. Look, we are at all, I know, we're saying the same thing, but we're at opposite <laughs> ends of the same thing that we're saying. Call the that operator made perfect and say sense, it's and not an emergency. Yes. Or call, call the police and say it's an emergency. No, you can call. No, you you have misunderstood everything that's just. <laughs> no, happened. it made sense. No, call the operator. I, I feel like we put out a pretty cogent list of action items here, and, and Jake, Jake is just muddying the waters. Yes. So, listener, listen to Jack and I, and then just completely <laughs> so disregard listener, what he's you saying. You should call the operator and say that it's a non-emergency. Call the local aquarium and tell him you've got an emergency. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. <laughs> They've got their top men on it. Mm-hmm. Top. Top. Men. Top. Men. Um, it would have he, taken fucking days to cut through that branch while we're talking about branches. Oh, with that thing? For, and for a tiny little... <laughs> that isn't four branch. I don't even know if it frankly could. No, me The either. blade is as long as that what, branch what is thick. Was, what was that? So that's that's one of those extended things you used to trim. Yeah, pole saw. You used to trim she was very above small it. branches. Yeah, she was above it. And... You cut it from any angle. But. Yeah, but don't. That, that branch... Don't is as thick as the saw is long. That's not how saws work. I have a question. Would you cut it from the ground or from above? Would you climb that tree? She was just climbing the tree to not be in the shot. Yeah, if I climbed the tree, I'd Hold bring on. a handsaw with me that had a longer blade so I could cut it easily. Jesus. 
I okay, you've just stumbled on something. I always thought that we just couldn't see her in the shot because she's a ghost or whatever at that point. No, she climbed it the tree. It seems like the saw is floating in the this is another nitpick I have. So okay. the saw is being manned by someone who's like up out of the shot. So she's behind the tree on a ladder. You see it in the final extended cut. I or didn't whatever. see the ladder. Yeah, well, you see something move. You see her kind of step down like I it's thought a ladder. she climbed the tree. I think it's a ladder behind the tree, but mm, either way. I thought way. she climbed it. Either way, it's stupid. She, oh. you, She's supposed to be behind the tree. Oh, yeah, she done it, Mark. And well, then she, she done And then it. the idea is she set the thing on there after it was about to break, such that the branch broke, then the, the saw falls. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes that completely negative. there's no fucking chance she could cut through that branch. No goddamn uh, especially, way that was venison. I mean, first off, that branch probably isn't heavy enough to lift four people. Just lift them. Yes. On a pull, uh, with no pulley like that. But so if it is, then there's no fucking yeah, weight. How much, weight this is, how much weight is that on us? It's probably like 500 pounds. Well, it's not even Five, the weight, six, though. Yeah. It's, the, it's the length of the lever arm. Now we're getting into statics, right? Because it's like maybe the first totally. person would be lifted up a little bit, but the person on like the very end now, nah, that shit's just going to snap. And all yeah. four of them just lifted up cleanly. And, and then yeah, they're going to exactly. be like, plop, and then they're going to get up and be like, you bitch. Yeah, you really <laughs> fucked you this up. You are grounded, Missy. <laughs> you are out of line. Well, I don't think the huh? parents, yeah, oh, yeah, because they don't want to yeah, be killed. <laughs> Correct. But there's, there's no fucking way uh, she could cut through it. Correct. He tells deputy so-and-so when they're investigating the first thing and they're doing that actually pretty funny scene of, like, you got squirrels. And he's like, I don't know from squirrels. When he's bumbling. And he's like, yeah, like I, saw, I saw a snake up there. He's like, well, snakes don't have feet. Yeah. So. <laughs> why, was there a coral, why was there a coral snake? Because Bagul, is that why? I guess that so. Bagul? Bagul. It's also yeah. definitely not a coral snake. It's a milk snake. I think it's a, a king snake. it's a king snake. King but, snake. Uh, I looked this up. King snake and milk snake are from the same family. They look exactly the same. Okay. But they're like, the two, on, they're the two like, that are famously innocuous in the clear snake. Black on red. That that rhyme is impossible. That because, rhyme is the yes. least helpful because it's like red and yellow. That's a mean fellow. Wait, wait, wait. White what and snake? black. You're fine, Jack. But you could be like white and yellow. That's a mean fellow. Red and black. You're fine, yeah, Jack. They, it's they not make, helpful at all. It makes sense either way. Wasn't yeah. it that snake? Wasn't that it? It was one of the fine ones. It was an no. innocuous snake. Well, it what was, kind of snake I, was that? I, I think it's a king snake or milk snake. It is a king snake or a milk snake. The What's one the or milk steak. What's the poisonous oh one? I don't know. What? What's the poisonous one? Coral snake. Okay, so Jesus. Okay, so I thought that it was. I thought that it was red on black. You're dead, Jack. <laughs> but it was actually black on red. You're good, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just made a milk snake instead of a coral snake. <laughs> oh my God! We haven't still gotten to my nitpick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell so me your nitpick. Deputy so and so says, and if you climb up there, there's no way to close it from the inside. He says, Yeah, absolutely not. Why? That's a very simple pull-down stair mechanism that you could 100% close from the inside. You could, okay, so here's how. Pull up. You go in <laughs> and pull on the top stair. You, you have up. to fold up the bottom couple of steps of the ladder. I have one of these into my garage. It's they, They're easy to get in. Yes, I'm close aware. Close up. Yep. The extended endings cut of this movie just has them going up and investigating in the attic, and they just like literally pull up on one rung, and it closes perfectly, and they're like, ah. <laughs> so there could have been an intruder in your house. <laughs> God Crazy. damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, okay, here's where we get to this. Babylonian deities are not pagan, right? Pagan is a term here's invented by the Christians uh, to mean, I mean, it, it's literally from the, the, the Latin word pagnus, which means like rural or uh, rural person, something like that. I think it kind of developed its language, but it just means not Christian. Essentially, it just means heathen. So, so it would have, so it would have been, it would have applied to Sumerian. Uh, Babylonian or whatever. Yeah, they were. If farmers, there was a dude. practitioner of 
Sumerianism or whatever the religion is called in like post Judeo Christian times, they could have been referred to as uh, pagans, but but unlikely given that it probably wasn't even organized enough to be that. Right? This was the uh, they were organized enough to invent Christmas, Jack. I feel like they're organized enough to invent Bagul. Pagans were Mark. Yeah. Way but, more and, and again, pagan is just a generic term for not Christian. So, so I feel like I. So I feel like what you're you're making an argument against the one you're trying to make. That just means denotatively that whatever Babylonian thing would have been pagan. No, no, because I mean it's it, it just does, a slightly anachronistic term. It's it's absolutely an anachronistic term, and a historical scholar studying these things would not use the two interchangeably. He how, does. How dare you solely the <laughs> solely the reputation of Vincent D'Onofrio's character? Okay, let's talk about <laughs> let's him. Let's talk about Vincent D'Onofrio. I cannot believe we made it to nitpicks. Why is he in this movie? What purpose does he serve? I Norwegian death metal comment. Oh, I, no, hold on. I actually love. We've had a, we've had a weird streak of these with also J.K. Simmons's character from Dark Skies and a few others. But like, Dark I feel skis. like there's this weird cameo character that needs to come in every once in a while. It's sort of like it goes back. I would say to the the um, the team from Poltergeist that comes in, but just like the third party who's only in there for like three or four scenes. They just come in, they inject story, and then they leave. Look, there's, there's a few ways to do it. Dark skis just happen to do both, right? You either have a third-party expositional character fire in and, and do it, or you have the main character go to the library and be like, I found a book on witches, and our neighbor's yeah. a witch, I think. Paranormal Activity does this too, right, with the Skype session that they have with that random guy. Yeah, Paranormal Activity also, but also has them find demonology stuff on the internet on their own. Yeah, but they also talk to the professor. Yeah. In any case, Vincent D'Onofrio, a scholar of this sort of thing, would absolutely not call... Uh, Sumerian deities or Babylonian deities, uh, pagan. For the record, I fucking love Vincent D'Onofrio's character. He also doesn't help. He's not helpful. I kind of like the. I like the establishing that it's a Babylonian god. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I like that lore. Okay. It would make a lot more sense. This is another nitpick of mine. It would make a lot more sense if this didn't date all the way back to the 1960s when Babylon was at its height. <laughs> yeah, peak Babylonian culture, 1966. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but look, I mean, they, they also did at least try to address that by saying this that's the year that Super 8 was invented. So the first year, Gadul, I forgot his name, fuck, Bagul. was able to, he Gadul. started filming it. He's an enterprising god, you know. Yeah, Olmec. The first year Olmec could, he started filming. Kids and they running did throw around out, his temple. They did throw out those frescoes or whatever that was just like, see, people drew him and then they got possessed or whatever. Yeah. What is he supposed to like? Have, hey, I'm gonna slice your throat. Sit there for about 45 seconds while I use this flashbulb camera. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, that's for that's for Sinister Three. <laughs> I, I do think that that was definitely one thing they realized as they were making this of like this doesn't make any fucking sense because they kind of lean into it more in Sinister Two, if I remember correctly. Of like we need to explain where this, how this transitioned from whatever it was in into yep. Super Eight. Yep. Not a good decision. Yeah. Really yeah. poor. I, I like that. It's they not a good said, decision, but it's still something that you can clearly tell they knew they fucked up in this one. I don't even think yeah. they fucked it up. I liked the way they did it here. Of Super Eight was invented in '66, so he liked Super Eight. I don't know. I I still have a record player, but that okay. 
There what? you're just bragging about your Now you're just saying nonsense. you have a record player. That's anything any hipster does. I studied Which, by an oil lamp in college. Jesus. You're the biggest <laughs> hipster. You guys talk about shit about me. You're the one with a record player and an oil lamp. I don't still have an oil lamp. You Listener, you player. can't see, but Jake is twirling his beard-oiled mustache. I don't have beard oil. He is the only one wearing flannel right now. Oh, yeah, and he's wearing flannel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would just uh, like the record to show that I'm the only one who's not a hipster. <laughs> I will agree that you're not a hipster. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, I'm. I'm going. I'm going more in the dad bod direction. I don't think those two things are. <laughs> yeah, you have some hipstery dad bod stuff though, like that jacket that says Martha or whatever. That's oh, not Marie. hipster. That's just actually cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta start okay. wearing Marie around more. Maria. What sorry. else do we have in nitpicks? Nothing. Uh, why does Ethan Hawke run his hands over the where the projector was when it's gone? He like I hear the projector. <laughs> he walks into it. his study and then it's gone and he can't hear it. He's like, "Ooh, is it a ghost? Is it maybe a ghost?" You can't trust your own eyes or ears at that point. Yeah, that's why I have I have two things that uh, my lovely wife wanted me to point out about Ooh. this movie. Ooh, hello. One was that um, the house they move into in the second half of the movie is fucking huge for oh, a family his. that is like very clearly struggling with money problems. Well, no, that that ties oh. right into the story though. He was a very successful author and then they got real broke, so he's desperately working on these books that were unsuccessful and then so they he cancels the- a project and buys a mansion. No, no, that they moved they oh, had they that. were paying two mortgages, Mark. They hadn't sold their old house when they moved down. Smart money decisions. Oh, so they sold their original house, made a bunch of money lived in this smaller house that was the murder house, and then they, when they moved back, they upgraded again. No, 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 no. They never sold their old house. They, they put that house on the market, moved into the murder house, and then we're paying... There's a line about how we're paying two mortgages right now, but once we don't... Once we aren't, we'll go out to dinner again. Then oh, they so left. this is their original house that they moved back into? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, they went, they're going back home like and, Daddy yeah, promised. Yeah, no, he didn't decide to move into that. Mark... <laughs> We're poor now. Let's buy a mansion. I well, that's what it seemed like. He they had a line in the car about how they were going back home to the daughter. Mm, okay, I'm seeing this now. Uh, <laughs> okay, good talk. I would oh. like to just reiterate that this was my wife's note. <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> oh, I'm gonna start on all my questionable ones where I may or may not have been paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my wife wanted me to know. <laughs> this, I see right through this charade. My wife just wanted to know, like, explain the second half of the plot to me. I was uh, somebody might have she might have fallen asleep. She she needs to know by listening to this. <laughs> Mark, what was the other nitpick? Do you care to go there? <laughs> the other nitpick is that the demonic symbol that keeps getting written on all the walls looks like a uterus. Okay, yes, it does. Accurate fact. So yep. does the Texas Longhorns logo. Uh, oh, fact. Good point. So, yes, it does. There you go. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Hook them horns. Let's go <laughs> to ratings. Hook them. We over at ADZ Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate Phil Moore's ability to helpfully explain game shows. Okay, now, remember, the three uh, antimatter reactors have to be got, and of course, the sub thing, you have to get the chest. Ready, set, go! And for 10, think of how Courtney would rate the feelings of taping her fingers. What are you doing? Taping my fingers. What? Feels good. Story is the first getting to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm going to rate it for story. I'm going to give it a 7 for story. I think this is 
pretty fucking cool. And the way it all ties together, even if one of the <laughs> twists wasn't actually a twist, I'm just an idiot. Um, I'm still very what? interested. I So I kind of forgot that even the audience directly knew it was a murder house right off the bat. I thought that was kind of a twist. But then the rest of the oh. twists all work really well and are cool, oh. tied together well. Pretty minimalist story, but very well done. Seven. Mark. Um, I was in the same boat. Yeah, I gave it a seven so. and a half. I dig it. I mean, it's, I think it's a good story. Like I said earlier, one of the things this movie does right is the level of twists that it piles on. I love how the things are connected. I love that they are connected in a way that would not be immediately obvious in an investigation and probably would fly under the radar, I assume. Yeah, I'm almost certain. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this wouldn't ine- immediately be identified as a oh, serial no. killer, right? So the fact that he stumbles on this little like nugget thing that he's able to follow tracks pretty well. That guy? Um, and then that's all just kind of augmented by kind of the stylistic choices of the movie itself to just incorporate the Super 8 style snuff film stuff. I think it works all, it's all very synergistic. That, Good package. That guy in the toupee? That was Bruce Willis the whole time. The whole time. Jake! Uh, I also gave it a seven and a half, so I was right with Mark. Uh, yes, this movie, it kind of reminded me from the murder mystery standpoint, like where it starts off, if you're thinking about a high level, with things like seven. I mean, this is a, you're trying to track it down, it's pretty bleak, it's disturbing, and then you build in that element of supernatural as he starts to discover what's actually going on. I really like that, so that's a little bit of an extra tilt, and we have these twists that happen. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, world building and immersion is our second category. I'm also giving it a seven for world building and immersion. This is an immensely immersive movie to me, to use an alliteration. Um, the things that are taking me out a little bit are the worrying. I have a question. Hold on. Yes, sir. Did you surprise yourself with the alliteration? Yes, he did. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. The answer is yes. You, could you see it in my Got face? It. <laughs> yes. Um, the things that take it out of it a little bit for me are wondering if the music is diegetic or not. Uh, I thought a lot about whether or not I'd look at a box of films I found in my attic and how I'd go about doing it, recording that they weren't mine. Uh, but overall, that's that's not what I'm actually penalizing the movie for. Uh, this is a very immersive movie, and they also do a lot of cool world building with the darkness, even if that doesn't always work out to be the most enjoyable viewing experience. They're putting a lot of effort into it, and it shows. Mark? I gave it a five and a half. For me, this is average, and I'm willing to like entertain you guys going h- higher. I think that's actually a pretty good move, but... Ultimately, there's a few things that this comes down to that I'm not really willing to go above average for, which is A, I don't think the look of Bagul has aged particularly well. B, the especially at the beginning of the movie, the incredibly on the nose, just writing questions on sticky notes and sharpies that's, that's so the audience point. can see that's a good point. and sticking on the yarn wall. And then uh, C was um, just that kind of drags in the middle. Like this movie really doesn't need to be almost two hours long it didn't feel that long to right me. it i mean but there's also yeah it doesn't feel super long but there's definitely stuff that they could bring out of it to tighten up and they do show you the snuff films like a bunch of times they cut back to it just like oh we haven't showed these in a while let's just have ethan hawk sitting in the study watching them again for some reason fair point so it's, it's just that type of stuff. i'd like to yell at you for your score but it makes a lot of sense to me jake four uh, yeah, <laughs> not very immersive okay. in this movie. There was always something that was taking me out. I kind of complained a lot about the various jump scares. It started on the wrong foot with something that was wholly unnecessary. Uh, I, when, you, when you can get into it with Ethan Hawke's character as he's starting to uncover this, I think that it builds some momentum, but then it, it really pulls its... It, it breaks its own stride with a lot of these really, I think, stupid jump scares it's just so reliant and so bottom barrel 
in its appeal and it doesn't strategy. even need to be relying on them, it right it has the to scares be. to not the thing do that it. pisses me off is that yeah exactly like it has i feel like it kind of miscalculates what people actually find scary like there's stuff in here that's scary and then it has to throw the oogie boogie 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 at you <laughs> and that makes me angry i wish i'd taken a picture of your arms there they were inflatably flailing <laughs> wacky waving tube men's yeah give me one more of those no give oh fuck you <laughs> Nope, because then people are going to know. you got to have them really behind the scenes, Jack. <laughs> you should be filming. Just mount some, ma- hide some cameras in the studio. I'd have to take them out of the bathroom then. True. That's <laughs> Just get the same setup. That's where he makes those room. movies you can't watch. <laughs> yeah, if you, Mark, if you find a box of tapes in your attic, I can't stress it enough. Do not watch it. <laughs> okay. Um, are they going to be on Super 8 Mini Oh, no, they're full 4K Ultra HD. Okay, because actually what I'm picturing are those from, like, the early 2000s, those little cassette tapes that were, like, mini VHSs. Yeah, they're <laughs> mini VHS. That's what they're called. They're great. Scare Factor is our third category. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I also gave it a seven for Scare Factor. Did you, Okay, hold on. Quick question. Did you give this just seven across no. the board? I can fill it in right now. Seven, much, seven, much seven, seven, seven. I did seven. not. Okay. Nearly, but I did not. So, <laughs> okay, so tell us then. Look, why did you give this? I seven? think this movie, I talked about it earlier, this movie has a really good combination of dreadful scenes, tension building scenes, and jump scares. And some of the jump scares are very lazy, but those lazy ones are still effective, and it's not solely reliant upon those. It's too reliant upon them. That's why the score isn't higher, but it's not entirely reliant upon them. It has the chops to back it up beyond that. And so you get these jump scares in there that do affect me. That, like, when I was watching this alone in the dark at midnight or whatever, it fucking worked. They they make me jump, but so does the other scary shit that this movie has going on. Add to that a couple of the truly terrifying scenes that this has, and this is a high score. It's a seven. Mark. Okay, so I gave this a six and a half. We're on the same boat. But I do want, for the record, I'm just going to talk about for a second. I like the jump scares here. Jump scares, I think you guys are confusing a little bit that... They are. They have an inherent laziness to them, but I'm totally fine with them. It's. It. They're coming in. Like I feel like the the scenes that they're in, for the most part, are well constructed scenes, and you just need a punchline at the end of that joke. So, so I guess I, I think there are no. there are jump no. scares which are inherently lazy, and then there are lazy jump scares. This movie has both of those. I don't have a problem with jump scares. I like them. I just find that the jump scares in this movie are more lazy than they need to be when they have other good stuff going on. I think the jump scares in this movie are unforgivably heinous. <laughs> and Wow. I have the exact opposite take. How? I think this is a good example of modern jump what? scares. Why? Why? Explain to me the three. Okay, the three that I hate the most. We've talked about one, I feel like, ad nauseum. The lawnmower. Yeah, the, it, that's a stinger of a score one. that really, like, I get why they did it because it will affect you more because it's a loud noise after not that with a, pil- a build-up period. But it doesn't make any sense within the context of what's happening. Two, there's a jump scare with a girl's face where it doesn't even affect the character on screen, so it's cheap as fuck. And then three is right at the end of the movie, which is obviously the laziest thing that you could do. It has no purpose. Uh, The one at the end of the movie is fucking dumb. I'll agree with you on that one. But what the other two do, and what the rest of this movie does, is it puts the jump scare at the end of a scene that's actually like well thought out and constructed in a way that does build tension. Okay, I'll give you. Cheap jump scares. I'll... They release tension, yes. And, that, and they fill yes, that role. That's ex- that's exactly the yes. point. And there are movies that do nothing but just toss jump scares in there, and this isn't that. And those are stupid. Sure, sure. So the tension yeah. to jump scare want- sort of trajectory that you like to see, this has that, but then where I get pissed off is actually in the execution of the jump scare itself. Yeah. Jake, if you want to watch some shitty fucking jump Mark. scares, next time you lose a bet to me, you can watch the Also, nun. you called him Jack. 
No, he said whoever I you are. He said Either that of time, you. actually. Well, it certainly won't be slowed down and played right here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I gave it a six and a half to get back to what my actual rating was. I, we're in the same boat, but the other thing I want to highlight is that this movie lo- loses a lot of its punch on repeated viewings. I was yes, expecting to be more disturbed by this than I was just because the first time I watched it, I was. And I think once you kind of know the tricks that it's going to pull, once you know the twists, once you know where Bagul is going to jump out or whatever, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't ring true the same way. Uh, Which I don't so necessarily I think bit. is an inherent flaw of the movie, right? Some of the best movies are scary that first time. and I mean, the best movies are scary every time. But. Well, I mean, no, it is an inherent flaw of the movie, but it's not one that you can really blame on. The, the movie shouldn't be blamed for it. It just has an inherent flaw. All right. Well, we found ourselves in a weird position. So, Jake, what's your scare factor score? Uh, a six. I I did not like some of the execution, but this movie, I think the ultimate test is, do I think about it afterwards? And the answer is yes. So despite the fact that I am going to take away some points for how angry and aggravated some of those made me during my viewing experience, uh, this is a movie that as I was like, walking around my house afterwards in the dark. Uh, yeah, thinking about it for sure. I when I like look out my window and think I see something, I think yep. about that scene of him going out to find his son in the sure. bushes. I mean, like, it's just a movie that kind of makes you like a little bit on your toes afterwards. So that that has something. There's something to be said for that for sure. Definitely. It's going to get us into effects or judicious lack thereof. This is a five for me. This one is straight down the middle. It gets points mm. for um, using the Super 8 doing really well. I think the sound effects are really cool in this movie. It loses some points for Bagul not looking fantastic. The girl's face not looking fantastic. Frankly, a lot of the stuff just not looking fantastic. But also then it's judiciously not using it too much because a lot of it's just Ethan Hawke, mean mugging the camera for mean extended mugging. periods of time. So it's a s- five. Mark. I gave it a six. We're on opposite ends of the average scale, but kind of in the same neighborhood. I uh, agree with you for the most part. Uh, I think the reason I'm above average, where you're below average, is I'm giving it credit for scene composition and things like lighting, where or more likely judicious lack thereof lighting. Um <laughs> They're doing a lot of work here to make things darker than they actually are, uh, specifically to create the ambiance of this old dark house, which is kind of tantamount. I don't even know if that's the right word, which is super important for establishing how creepy this fucking house is and the fact that there's an old pagan god that lives here. Yeah, Ish. I think paramount would have been the right word there. That's what I was going for. Damn it. <laughs> did you say tantamount? He did. That's funny. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jake, yeah, I'll go six and a half, which I guess means I gave it the highest score. Yay. Uh, the only difference, the only thing that I'll say here is I'm kind of surprised we didn't talk about it, but one thing that I did note was that part of what they did to make this house creepy was the dimensions were all not correct. Well, like it's like a house of leaves were situation. long and wide. Your, the room that he used as his office was gi-fucking-normous. You had odd color palettes coming to pl- like to play together and it created a very weird sort of feeling. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought that was really nice, but then you had some elements that kind of you know deject that did take me out a little bit, but I yeah, from an effects standpoint this is not at the upper echelon, but it's also above average in my opinion. All right, that's going to take us to overall this is a 7 for me overall. This is a great movie. You should watch it. It doesn't feel like as long as it is. It's uh Presently pretty cheap to rent on Amazon Prime. There's no reason to not watch this. This is a good mainstream horror movie. If you haven't seen it, fucking see it. Mark. 
Agreed. Uh, uh, yeah, especially with the if you haven't seen it, you should see it part. If you have seen this, there's probably other stuff you can do. Side note, really good poster. I'm starting to really appreciate good posters when they're out there, and this one has a pretty solid poster. So yeah, it's I don't know if I actually gave the score that I had. I gave it a six and a half. You did not. It's okay. kind of spoilery. It's a little spoilery, the poster, but only yeah. if you know it. It's a good kind of spoiler. Well, yeah, it's no, also, it's okay, yeah. if we're talking spoilers, though, you see Bagul in the trailer, so, I mean, you kind of know what's up. No, but then it's like the girl and the blood on the wall, which is the ultimate. Oh, it would have been better if it was the boy with the blood on the wall, because then it would have been a misdirect. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Jake! Uh, I gave this a six and a half. Yeah. It's a movie that you should see. I, if you have, no, I think we're all in agreement here. You yep. can give a thumbs up if you've not seen this. We all wanted to talk about it. This is a good horror movie. I think what's interesting to talk about is that it's a good horror movie from a big production company. Not a big budget. Made, makes a ton of money. Reaches the mainstream very easily. There are a lot of things about it that really aggravate me, but I still think that it's one that's worth watching. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think our next segment is fairly trivial then. This is a thumbs up all around. Yeah, absolutely. You should see yeah, so the only qualification I'll put on here is it becomes a much more tenuous thumbs up if you've already seen it. Because I do think like this movie is going to uh, precipitously fall off the more I watch it. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so one thing we didn't add, like, this is not the segment for it, but we're doing it anyway. Like, when did you, you kind of touched on it, Jack, did you see it in theaters? Like, when did you watch it? How long had the, had the gap been? Almost as soon as you could have possibly seen it outside of theaters. Okay. Basically, yeah, it. me too. This was this was a Netflix get back in the day. Yeah. So I, okay, so similar. So all around, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, real mean, quick though, it, just PSA. I feel like we do probably need we owe this to our listening audience. Um, should we just do a quick thumbs up, thumbs down on Sinister Two? Okay. Yes. Uh, hard uh, thumbs down. Oh, yeah. No. Definitely do not see Sinister Two. It's the fucking it's worst movie ever. Shockingly bad. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. So we got to get the fuck out of here, but before we do, just want to take a quick second to plug the Patreon again. I am just about done editing the uh, most recent Fortnightly bonus episode. This one's on remakes. Fortnightly. Fortnightly. Uh, remakes and sequels in the horror genre. We didn't talk at all about Fortnite, which uh, we probably should. Nope. Uh, <laughs> we should not. We're but uh, ended up being... Later. Ended up being a pretty fun discussion. I think it's worth listening to, so definitely check it out if you're interested. Uh, plus all the other perks you get, which are pretty cool. Uh, we're going to start shouting out all the patrons on air pretty soon here, so check it out if you're interested. Anyway, Jake, let's get the fuck out of here. We'll only say who you are if you Mark wait two. for a minute. This has been episode 135 of the AZ Cast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to our website or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That's Facebook, that is Twitter, and those are going to be right down there in the description below. Along with our new Patreon link, as Jack said, head on over there if you want to support the show. If you don't, don't have any money to spare, that's fine. You're still going to get these great shows coming at you each week. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well, because that's where we put all these things. And next week, we're getting to our second movie. It's time for another Jake pick, and we're going to get right into the meat of my picks, if you know what I mean. We're watching The Lost Boys. Yeah, Jack, you like that. Sax I did man. like that. Sexy yeah. sax, man. <laughs> That's coming at you next week. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. You know my favorite thing about Ninkasi? Wine keeps getting older and she stays the same age.